Joseph Biden. Jen's been doing great videos uh, on this and giving you updates as uh, right when it first uh, broke. We're former uh, Nevada Assemblywoman, and I think she ran for Lieutenant Governor Lucy Flores, had written a piece uh, basically describing an incident where Joe Biden, at a rally for her, essentially came up from behind her, um, touched her, smelled her hair, kissed her on the back, on the back of her head, and obviously made it so that she felt very uncomfortable. Um, she didn't, you know, she's not accusing him of assault or anything like that, uh, but she is saying that this was inappropriate and she uh, is not the only one, um, you know. You know, for example, I mean, I don't have anything to hide, so obviously I dealt with an accusation against me at this point a year and a half ago. It was very different than this, but in a lot of cases you don't have video, you don't have photos, you just have a he said, she said, or if there's eyewitnesses, uh, you know, with Joe Biden, I mean, there's pretty vis video evidence and photo evidence that this is a pattern where Joe Biden, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I'm not going to psychoanalyze Joe Biden, but his way of greeting uh, or, or um, dealing with women, both adult women and younger women, uh, it, you know, like to the, to the point of children, is touching them. Uh, holding their shoulders, smelling their hair, uh, and kissing. And, you know, it could be, I'm going to show you the reactions, which I do not think you'd be getting these same reactions on MSNBC, CNN, and, and from the pundit class uh, if the roles were reversed and it was Bernie Sanders who was being, you know, essentially accused of inappropriate touching, smelling, head the hair, and those kinds of things. But the establishment is protecting its own. That's what we're starting to see, uh, which I'm going to show you in a bit. So, you know, let me be clear. Uh, as somebody, and I, I don't want to relitigate the whole thing, but obviously there was an accusation made against me, and I, uh, it, it wasn't true, um, just to reiterate that. And thankfully, people that looked into that um, realized it wasn't true. But what I think is important is, you know, the, the, the term believe women is important. Uh, I, I don't think anybody should just automatically, um, if a woman makes an accusation, just be like, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I mean, we should be predisposed or, or preconditioned to believe women. But that does not mean uh, you, can't, you can't say, all right, I'm inclined to believe the woman, but I want the facts. I want the details. Uh, you know, I want the context. I just want the information. You know, so when I read this piece by Lucy Flores, I mean, factually, I mean, is Joe, would Joe Biden or anyone say this? This did not occur that she's making this up. Thankfully, he, he's not going to that lengths. I mean, he came out with a response that was kind of like, well, you know, I don't remember every ish incident or every account. But if I did something that made you uncomfortable, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're in a time where women could come forward. He didn't exactly do a full mea culpa, like, I'm so sorry for making you feel uncomfortable. It was not my intention, blah, 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 blah. So with this, it's pretty clear, clear, <clears throat> clear cut. She describes what happened. He's not denying it happened. So then it's, then it goes to a broader picture of Joe Biden, not just with Lucy Flores, but with other women. Joe Biden, for the majority of his adult career, I don't know about, I don't, I don't know, before he went into the Senate or his younger days, uh, has felt, whatever the reason, his way of showing affection is, um, you know, putting your hands on, on women's shoulders, in some cases putting your hands, you see where his hand is? <laughs> right near uh, actress Eva Longoria's, um, I mean... Kind of like right near her breast. It, it, you know, it's not on her breast, to be clear, but that's a strange place to put your arm. Um, so, you know, Joe Biden has felt that his way of being affectionate or whatever is touching, smelling people's hair, women's hair, kissing them from behind. It is one thing if you're very close friends with someone, right? So I have, a, I have a few female friends that I'm pretty close with. And if I was with them and, you know, I've had my arm around them 
just friends uh, in certain contexts or you know if I, if they're upset about something we we might have an embrace where I'm hugging them tight uh, I know one of my friends that I've been friends with since college I've kissed her on the head from time to time like in the in the appropriate context so I think that's a little bit different for somebody that you I believe this was the first time Joe Biden met Lucy Flores. She was running for lieutenant governor of Nevada. Uh, for someone you don't know and you're just standing behind them at a rally and whatever, if Biden thought she was nervous because she was about to go on stage, whatever, to touch their shoulders, to smell their hair, and then um, kiss from behind someone you don't know, that can't be written off as simply oh, he's an affectionate guy, that's his way of showing support. No, you don't know this woman. She, you have no relationship with her before this. She's not your friend, and you're invading her space. I mean, it's as simple as that. It might not rise to assault, but it's certainly inappropriate. And if you go through, uh, you go through, and Jen has done this, so I would definitely check out her videos. If you go through other instances where Joe Biden is vice president, you know, as vice president, you're at the swearing in ceremony for senators. I mean, he's touching incoming senators, little children that are girls smelling their hair and, you know, kissing them at the top of the head. That's just strange. It's just weird. It's just inappropriate. And by the way, it was strange, weird and inappropriate before hashtag me too became a thing. You don't touch people. You don't know. <laughs> you don't, especially young children. Uh, you know, there's a there's an innocence and a and a and a just personal space uh, with young children. You know, if I, for example, I'm going to my uh, brother's house tonight for a family thing and uh, see my nephew and my niece. Uh, but sometimes they have other children around. Um, you know, because their 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 friends are couples with children. I would never just like touch another couple's child without saying like, oh, can I hold her? Or, you know, something like that. It's just, it's kind of just society being raised in a way where you kind of understand like personal boundaries and things like that. So that's what, as far as Lucy Flores, um, I think that why, you know, people, and I'm about to show you these people, they say, well, why is she coming out now? Why is she this? Why is she that? Well, the media is basically pushing Joe Biden and trying to manufacture consent for Joe Biden. And maybe it's not assault, but maybe there are women that have experienced worse when it comes to Joe Biden. I'm not accusing him of assault or of anything rampant, but there might be women out there that the inappropriate touching was even more vivid, even more inappropriate, even more... Um, you know, unwelcome than in the example with Lucy Flores that have never wanted to come out because this is the vice president, former vice president of the United States of America. And it's not easy. I mean, I'm not a woman, but I could imagine it's not easy uh, to come out and say, you know, Joe Biden touched me in a way that was unwelcome and it was not okay. So in a way, you know, a lot of times it takes one to come out and and be courageous to share their truth and their account before other women feel more comfortable. I don't have a crystal ball. I, I could tell you pretty sure by looking at the video, the photos, and many other accounts, there are other women that have, were touched by Joe Biden in unwelcome ways. I don't have any evidence to suggest it, it ever went beyond that in terms of actual assault, so I'm not going to speculate. I don't like Joe Biden, but to be fair, we, we should not speculate uh, on whether somebody's a serial predator and this, that, without evidence. You know, uh, in my case and in other cases, sometimes in this Me Too era, as much as I support Me Too, and I do, we cannot become a society that, you know, you're guilty by tweet. Uh, and, you know, it's just somebody makes an accusation, you're guilty. No, we need to see evidence. We need a fact pattern, this and that. But in Joe Biden's case, I mean, there's plenty of photos showing him being creepy. And Ryan Grimm, for example, a uh, reporter with The Intercept, he tweeted out, uh, I think recently, saying that on the day that uh, Heidi Heitkamp was brought, uh, initiated as a senator, she lost uh, last go around. But when she became a senator, Joe Biden, I guess he thought he was joking, said, spread your legs, I got to frisk you. I mean, this, this, this is the vice president of the United States. So 
I want to show you what the establishment doing is doing because to me what the establishment is doing and when I say establishment I mean Morning Joe, Jake Tapper, uh, you know former pop people that worked with Joe Biden coming coming on cable news. I'm sure there's articles I'm missing that are defending Joe Biden. This is not as much about Me Too as it is about powerful interests defending a fellow powerful corrupt plutocrat like Joe Biden, and he is corrupt. You know, the media could try to paint him as whatever, with, however they want. Middle class Joe, Uncle Uncle Joe. No, 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 no. He's another board off politician. He's a warmonger. And that's the police coming for him. No, I kid. <laughs> so I, 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 I had a problem. I had problems sleeping last night. So I was up and I like to torture myself. So I put on Morning Joe and I, I, I just could not believe this, this statement by, by Mika Brzezinski of Morning Joe a.k.a. Joe Scarborough's wife. But are we allowed to bring up that Lucy Flores is a huge Bernie person and she has, you know, political connections that might be counter well, to I mean, Biden's we're, goals we're, we're and that this could be? We're, hold on. Yeah. Is it okay to bring up this could be politically motivated or are we just supposed to take all the words mm-hmm. and the fact that she says she was violated mm-hmm. at face value? Are we supposed to... Just leave it there. Well, I mean, and have this this sort of mm-hmm. um, attack on his credibility and his honor. Just sit there, or are we allowed to talk about it? Well, or are you, we allowed to? Can, talk uh, the man, you can bring it up, Mika, if you want your Twitter feed to look like your Twitter feed is going to look today. But it seems to me that again, that, that so yes. we're not. Well, no, you just did, I, and, and and what I'm saying is that yeah, I. I, I the conversation has to be had. It has to be an open conversation. And as you've been saying, and as other people have been saying, the argument, all women must be believed, period. That's the end of the conversation. That was the argument six months ago. That was the argument when Al Franken was run out of town, run out of Washington, D.C., when what Donald Trump has done is so much more abhorrent. That conversation seems to have been moving along. And I suppose I'm not allowed to say this because I'm a male. But just as an observer, that conversation has moved along to women need to be believed, women need to be heard, but there has to be due process out there. And you got to hear both sides. And what I heard this past weekend was, after the initial rush of stories, is all women should be believed, all women should be heard, but then all men should be heard. There has to be due process. There has to be some balance. But I will tell you where there is no balance. If you take a man who's committed his entire lifetime to the Democratic Party, and then you say that he is a racist, and he is a misogynist, and that he is the Democrats' answer to Donald Trump, that's just deeply offensive. And that's just wrong. And that's a wonderful way to help reelect Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I... I could do three hours just on that one clip. And remember, press the like button. First of all, first of all, Mika Brzezinski should maybe do a little research. I'll give this to Jake Tapper. He did. Uh, Lucy Flores has not come out and endorsed Bernie Sanders uh, this go around. She did in 2016. But when she says she's a huge Bernie fan, that's just not true. She hasn't endorsed Bernie. She hasn't endorsed anyone. She actually was just at a Better Work event the other day. So tying, you know, that is, could this be like, I mean, they're, they're not even subtly. They're insinuating that this is like an operation by Bernie Sanders' campaign through Lucy Flores to take Biden out. I mean, that is completely reckless to suggest. She supported Bernie Sanders in 2016. She's on record, not supporting anyone yet in 2020. So that's first. Secondly, I love it that like Mika Brzezinski has this, uh, I don't know much about it, but she has this program for NBC called Know Your Value, uh, focused on women, uh, specifically in the workplace, you know, knowing how to negotiate for a higher salary, knowing when to walk away, knowing uh, basically how to not let men get away with treating you differently, uh, you know, in the workplace, both economically, but it's really about, you know, what you what you earn for a living, because she was public about uh, being paid le- way less 
than her counterpart, Joe Scarbo, at, at MSNBC. So I love how she's a feminist uh, economically, and she's, you know, equal rights in the workplace, which is totally agree with. Uh, but on this, her first inclination is, well, can we, can we look to her motive? You know, let's not know her. We shouldn't know your value. Don't worry about knowing your value, women, uh, if it's Joe Biden you're accusing. I don't know if she'd have the same tune if this were Bernie Sanders or anyone progressive. Uh, but since it's Joe Biden, who later in the clip they both acknowledge they're friends with, they've known for many years, because they're all part of the one big club. You know, George Carlin said it best. It's a big club and you ain't in it. And you're not invited. Or whatever he said, I'm paraphrasing. So, fact number one, she's not supporting Bernie Sanders right now. She's probably going to support Better O'Rourke or Kamala Harris, if, if, you, if best guess. Number two, according to Lucy Flores, she did not speak with Bernie's campaign before doing this or any campaign. So, lest they have proof otherwise to suggest, because that's what they're doing. They're trying to kind of create a narrative because the corporate media is just that. It's corporate propaganda, and they're cr- trying to create a narrative to take away the stain of this woman coming out and saying, you know what, this man, the vice president of the United States that I barely knew was coming up behind me, kissing me, smelling me, and touching me. And basically trying to say, well, what's her motives? Secondly, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. And obviously my situation was far different. There's no photo, there was no photos, videos, whatever. Um, I do think the hashtag MeToo movement um, I think it's a great thing. I mean, I do. I have female friends that have been assaulted. Uh, and when they talk about it, it's very clear to see that it happened. And it's genuine. Just the pain in their face uh, and the way they're sh- they shake reliving it. Um, so I, I, I think Me Too is a great thing. I think sometimes, in some cases, it became conflated. Where Me Too, which originally really started out about sexual assault rampant section, sexual harassment kind of got conflated and, and people were starting to say, hashtag me too, you know, over um, regretting certain, uh, uh, regretting certain um, intimate reactions. Or I knew somebody who was in a relationship with somebody at work. Uh, it was somebody over her and she, it ended. And all of a sudden she says to me, uh, well, you know, sometimes I didn't want to have sex, but whatever, like, you know, he, I wasn't in the mood, but I just did it because he wanted to. And I said, well, be careful how you phrase that because, you know, people are mind readers. If, you, if you'd ever said you didn't want to, how would, how would anyone know? Um, so I think that it's not a black or white situation. I think if a woman comes out, we should hear her out. By the way, men also have come out <laughs> during Me Too uh, saying they've been accosted by other men. So if, if a woman or a man comes out, let's hear them out. But I think people are starting to realize, like any other news story, you need to verify facts, which we have seen not happen in a lot of other news stories, talking about Russiagate and other things lately. So I, I feel, as somebody who was unfortunately on the receiving end of this for something that was false, I am uh, even more cautious, where I think we need to hear all the facts, gather the, gather the evidence, that's available, context, and then make up our minds. Not have, you know, a a mad rush and and an internet posse declaring people guilty. But in this instance, he's not, Joe Biden has not denied this happened. And Joe Biden and his campaign know that there's a whole lot of other photos out there of him smelling hair, kissing girls, and and even even young girls. So um, I think, you know, they, they're probably expecting other things to come out and are basically trying to frame it in a narrative that, well, you know, that's just how I express myself. Nobody ever said anything to me that it made them uncomfortable. Um, I never meant anything by it. And that's going to be the blanket statement for other women that come forward. Uh, the problem is it wasn't okay before Me Too. It's just that as a society, men didn't know that behavior is not okay. And, you know, full disclosure, I've worked in the media for, I started in 2006. Uh, I've probably said things in the workplace that are not appropriate. Uh, 
I think most men have, to tell you the truth. Um, nothing, I, I don't think I've ever said anything sinister, but sometimes you're, you're talking to other men in the newsroom and you're saying things and you're not even thinking, oh, this is inappropriate to say. Uh, or even conversations I've probably had uh, with female co-workers who I was friends with. I probably said things that were inappropriate. So I think this is a time where men have to uh, realize, wow, things that we never even realized were, were not appropriate or going too far or might make somebody uncomfortable. Uh, this is a good thing that we need to start looking inward and realizing this. But I could tell you what, I was smart enough to know you don't like smell women's hair. You know, you don't, like, go from behind and kiss women behind that you barely know. Like, that's that's strange. That's inappropriate. And, and you have to be smart enough to know that. So, you know, Mika Brzezinski sitting here saying, oh, you know, and Joe Scarborough, oh, you're attacking his honor. His honor. No. They're talking about his behavior in the context of invading women's space. And, and not not being aware of, of personal boundaries. His honor honestly went to hell with the Iraq war, uh, NAFTA, drafting the crime bill, welfare reform, uh, deregulation, Glass-Steagall repeal, what else, the, the bankruptcy bill. I mean, that's where the honor went. You know, uh, basically being a walking, talking servant to the big banks, fossil fuel companies, big pharma, you know, telecom. Joe Biden's honor went out the door. Joe Biden is an exercise in branding. He's not middle-class Joe. He, he's, he's for the rich and the special interests. And I love, like, you know, Joe Biden painting of his racist. No, no. The racist painting was the crime bill, which as recently as 2016, he said he doesn't regret. So now that he's running, he's made some statements that he, he, were, he you know, might have done some things, blah, 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 blah. So... It's just amazing to me. The establishment protects its own. Do you think that's what Mika Brzezinski would say? Do you think if, uh, I don't know, say a Hillary Clinton aide or, or somebody who supported Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they were at the same event as Bernie Sanders and he put his hands on them from behind, smelled their hair, kissed them. You really think? And then that woman came out talking about it. You think Mika would be saying that? You think she'd be talking about, oh, should we talk about that this is a Hillary Clinton supporter? I don't think so. Let's look at Jake Tapper, who was the first to interview Lucy Flores. He, too, jumped on this, you know, political motivations bandwagon. So, Assemblywoman Flores, you write in the piece that you wrote for The Cut um, that you, you know that people might accuse you of being politically motivated here. Um, we should point out you supported Bernie Sanders in 2016 running for president. He's running again. You attended a Beto O'Rourke campaign event yesterday. You've told us that you haven't endorsed any candidate uh, yet. You haven't decided who you want to support. But how would you respond to somebody out there who says she's attending a Beto rally? She supported Bernie in 2016. Politics might be at least partially motivating you here. What would you tell those people? I would say politics was definitely the impetus. The reason why we're having these conversations about Vice President Joe Biden is because he's considering running for president. And frankly, the reason why I felt so compelled to finally say something was because over the years, as this behavior was documented, as it was frankly dismissed by the media and not taken seriously, that conversation was not coming up in the discussions about whether or not he would... Uh, in a in a complete analysis of his of his history of his record of as we go through the vetting process for all of these candidates that important aspect was being left out mm -hmm. and it was being dismissed and it wasn't being acknowledged right there jake tapper did what you know fox news is famous for well some people say some people say some people say well who are the people so jake tapper saying you know well can you see that you know it could be said, some people are said, might see it, that this is political expediency. Just come out and say, listen, I mean, to me, I wonder, is this political expediency? But again, at least give him credit. He knew that she, he, she's not actively supporting Bernie Sanders right now. She went to a Better O'Rourke event. But it's the framing. Do you think that, do you really think Jake Tapper would, would have said that if the roles were reversed? And that was, I don't know, Neera Tandon on? Claiming Bernie Sanders, and I'm 
Full disclosure, I'm not saying that ever happened. Hypothesis, no, no, because the establishment protects its own. Jake Tapper knows Joe Biden. He's interviewed him before. They're all in one big club. So they're coming to the defense of one of their own. And by the way, I don't have evidence other than creepy, creepy photos, and there's a lot of them. I don't have evidence that Joe Biden has assaulted a woman. I don't have evidence that he's uh, in the workplace. He's he's harassed women verbally or otherwise. So whether I like Joe Biden or not, we have to be fair. I do have evidence that he is inappropriately invading women's spaces. Women, adult women like Lucy Flores and young girls. Just look at the photos. It's creepy. Okay. And what Lucy Flores said there is super, super important because She's saying, like, you know, it's always kind of been subtly, like, underneath the surface, but nobody, you know, it it was never being discussed as part of his consideration. He's basically, for weeks on CNN and MSNBC, been painted as the frontrunner, even though he hasn't announced his run. So if somebody was made to feel uncomfortable by him and had their space invaded, her her saying, yeah, it's political. I mean, you all are basically making him out to be the the frontrunner and essentially pushing him. So would I come forward in a different circumstance when there's not a chance he'll be the Democratic nominee? I I don't think that's a bad answer. She's not saying, I'm doing it for Bernie. She's saying, like, this is the person that right now, according to the polls, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, uh, is, you know, is the Democratic nominee or the frontrunner to be the nominee. So, I mean, let's also look at this. MSNBC has... Former senior senior counsel to then Senator and current Vice President Joe Biden, Claire Dimates on. Let's see what she had to say. And I know you Thank had you. a chance to, to listen, I think, to to what Assemblywoman Flores had to say there. Do you believe that Joe Biden's response has been adequate? Do you believe that he or someone from his team should reach out to her? I think his response has been adequate. He has said he did not think he did anything inappropriate. He certainly did not intend to make her feel uncomfortable. And he said, but he's listening, and he's listening very respectfully. I don't think it's necessary to reach out to her. We're having the conversation on on public television. She said she would love to hear from him or from somebody. Yeah, she she's she's made this a very public uh, coming out very publicly about this. She used the pronoun a lot. We it's one person, Hallie. It's one person of an allegation that's five years old and that cannot negate or change or diminish in any way. Joe Biden's very strong record empowering women. I worked with him for 10 years. There's no time in that 10 years, thousands of hours with him on the train, in meetings, in town hall meetings, at at colleges, at high schools. At no time did he cross a line. Joe Biden is a very warm, affectionate, friendly politician. I'm sorry she did not know that about him in the 20, 30 minutes she spent with him. He's not somebody when you meet, he doesn't like cross his arms and take a step back. He, He embraces people. That's who he is. First of all, I don't actually think it's uh, unfair that MSNBC or others have people on that have had positive experiences with Joe Biden. That, that's, that's fair. I mean, I'm sure that there's women that have spent uh, in the professional workplace with him who have sing his praises and never had a problem. So that's totally fair. Um, but when, when she's talking about, you know, he's just an affectionate guy. No, no, no. Affection is when you meet someone for the first time. You give them a big old hug from the front, right? (laughs) Oh, let me give you a a, a big old hug because that's just the kind of guy you are. And your hug, you know, your your hands are behind them, not not near their head, not near the behind. Just, you know, normal place where your hands would be for a hug in front of them. And then you let go, (laughs) okay? That's affection. Affection is not uh, standing behind somebody before they're about to go on stage smelling their hair, and kissing them in the back. That's inappropriate and creepy. Period. So it, it, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of like it's, it's selective. It's selective appropriateness versus how would they be responding if it was somebody else not in their club? Because to them, and I'm about to show you Whoopi Goldberg, uh, to them... This is, this is just how Joe is, and it's it's appropriate. This is just how he is. Well, I don't think they'd be saying that about somebody that they think ideologically is radical or they think ideologically is a threat 
to the status quo. So you can't take these people seriously. And again, without any evidence, and there, and when she says, there's only one, there's only one, well, be careful about that because I don't have any inside information, but when somebody's been in public life for that long and when you see photo after photo uh, of Joe Biden kind of touching up and smelling hair and, and all these things, be careful emphasizing there's only one because we could be in for, we could be in for a series. And when you say, well, you know, she's doing it five years later, well, you know, a lot of people that accuse Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby did it decades later. So are, are you diminishing that uh, a woman's coming forward? You know, it's not, this is not to the degree of what happened with Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby, but why, why diminish that? They're either telling the truth or they're not. So throwing out there, especially women, throwing out there, well, why is she, what's her motives? Why is she doing it five years later? Well, he was the vice president when it happened. Maybe she was scared to death. <laughs> maybe she didn't want to be ostracized politically. Maybe she thought people wouldn't believe her. Maybe, maybe, maybe. There's a lot of thing, reasons people don't come out right away. So uh, then there's the ladies of The View. And I'm not exactly surprised. This, to me, was the most egregious. Here we go. So now Biden responded that in all his years on the campaign trail, he's never believed he's acted inappropriately. So he'll listen respectfully to Flores. But it was never his intention. Now, should she have spoken to him about this before she went on television about it? Or, I mean, is it, you know, listen, in the old days, we would call Joe, some folks of a certain age would say he's a little overly familiar. Yeah. Okay. But most politicians, when they're, you know, doing this with you and, you know, they are. And Joe is, Joe is a hands-on kind of guy. Yeah, he and, is. But no one, I've never heard anyone and she says she felt violated, and I, I have to take her at her word, but it would have been nice if she had turned to him and said, you know what, Jay, I don't really like this. Please don't do this, or not, Mr. Vice President, I'm not really comfortable with that. Something, because he's standing right there. No, oh, it's hard to say to somebody who's No, it's not. Hair. Somebody touches you inappropriately. Well, but it wasn't. That's the point. I don't, That's what she I, said. That's what she said. Can we just say, I, she no. does not say it rises to the level of sexual assault or anything right. of that nature. She yeah. does not claim this is a Me Too moment. So I think we need to be very clear on that because I think some people are interpreting it that well, way. And let's also but, be but, clear. But that that's the point. Mm -hmm. That's the point yeah. is to get people to think about mm -hmm. it like that. Mm -hmm. It does not rise to any of those things. No, it's a long way from smelling your hair to grabbing your hoo-ha. I mean, let's tell the yeah. truth. But... She felt annoyed she felt or uncomfortable with it, and so I, yeah. let, we have to accept that. But I don't think it rises to the to point what we've been listening to about Harvey Weinstein and the rest of these people. It just doesn't look like that. And, you know, we all know Joe Biden. He's been here. I remember when I met him in Florida before he was vice president, and he was so friendly. He, he's the close talker. Yes. He comes right up in your face and you're thinking, I hope my breath is good, you know. <laughs> and I, and it, more important, I hope his is. Yeah. And, you know, so he talks close. He touches he's you. That's he's what he's like. And I feel it would be really unfortunate if we got rid of everybody who was just an affectionate kind of person. We, you know, we, those are nice yeah. people, too. He's also been in public office for about 50 years of yeah. his life. Yeah. I, I do wonder if she could have sent him a letter. Well, that's right. Like, send him a personal note uh, to say, hey, this happened a few years ago. Now I feel confident in telling you about it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make this public. I always wonder when these things come out, what is the motive for this yeah. person? Is it is it simply to yeah. let people know I was uncomfortable, mm -hmm. which you could have done in private, or is well, it because you maybe want someone else to win? First of all, the, the, I'm glad jo, jo, Joy Behar, who's the least awful of those women uh, verbally, um, said, well, you know, we know Joe. He's been here, blah, blah, blah. Because that's all this is. They all are in the club together and they protect their own. So they have a different vantage point of this because it's somebody they know. It's Joe Biden, part of the club, part of the powerful elite cocktail crowd because the media and the politicians, one's not holding the other accountable. They're in bed together. So... What I think is amazing about this, they're trying to paint this. Let's talk about this specific incident. They're trying to paint this specific incident as just somebody being affectionate. You know, he's just, he's a, what did she say? He's a hands-on guy. It's not affection to meet somebody for the first time, 
and while you're standing behind them, not in front of them, you know, you're not having a conversation with them, you know, eye to eye. And they're saying, oh, you know, I haven't mastered this public speaking thing. I'm kind of nervous about going on stage. Okay. If he was in front of her and he put his hands on her shoulder and be like, you're going to, you're going to be great. And, you know, gave her a hug. I don't necessarily think that's so outlandish and inappropriate. If you're in front of someone, if you're having a conversation, if she's expressing a vulnerable, if, if she's being vulnerable in the moment, none of those things happen. When you're behind somebody that you don't even know, that's not affection to, to smell their hair or, or put your hand on their shoulders or um, kiss them. It's not. Uh, it is. It's, it's kind of strange and it's kind of creepy. And I don't know Lucy Flores from a hole in the wall. You know, I don't know her. Uh, but this isn't really about Lucy Flores. I'd be saying this if it was anyone else in that situation. Joe Biden has a problem with personal space, with knowing boundaries. And all you have to do is look at photo after photo after photo. Which if you watch Jen's videos uh, that she's done, she's done I think two or three so far, as more developments have come out uh, since Friday. Very clear. He's, he has a thing for smelling women's hair. He has a thing for touching women on their shoulders and sometimes, you know, in pictures, holding, having his hands closer to parts that your hands don't belong. If that's not someone that, you know, put your hands, if, if it's your girlfriend or whatever, you know, whatever, maybe that's that's between you and your dynamic and your relationship but if it's someone you don't know especially little children you got to be very careful because little children can be made uncomfortable very easily so can adults so you know we'll see i think that we're already seeing cnn as i'm recording this i see it you know joe biden dealing with the first crisis of his campaign so they're making it out to be like you know part of the part of the horse race dealing with the first crisis of his campaign no this is about personal space. This is about invading people's personal boundaries. And I got news for you. My, my political instincts aren't bad. I don't think Lucy Flores is the only person we're going to hear something like this from. Jesus Christ. Literally. Do you remember in the Joe Biden segment? Do you remember in the Joe Biden segment earlier? I said, you know, be careful about saying, uh, you know, only one woman has come out. Breaking news just sent to me by Jen. This is from Vice. I haven't read it. I'm reading it with you. A second woman says Joe Biden touched her inappropriately. I told you this is not going to be one woman. Joe Biden touched a Connecticut woman inappropriately, including rubbing noses with her. The woman said Monday, days after former Nevada legislator said the ex-vice president gave her an unwanted kiss on the back of her head. He puts his hand around my neck and pulled me in to rub noses with me. When he was pulling me in, I thought he was going to kiss me on the mouth. Amy Lapos told the Hartford Current. It wasn't sexual, she added. Lapos said she met Biden at an October 2009 fundraiser in Greenwich, Connecticut, for U.S. Rep. Jim Himes, a Connecticut Democrat. Lapos was a congressional aide to Himes at the time and said she was in the kitchen with other volunteers when Biden approached her. There are three photos that show Lapos with Biden at the event, the current report, the current reported, though they were taken before the nose rubbing incident. I never filed a complaint, to be honest, because he was the vice president. I was a nobody. There's absolutely a line of decency. There's a line of respect. Crossing that line is not grandfatherly. It's not cultural. It's not affection. It's sexism or misogyny. Uh, Himes told the current that he was not prepared to immediately comment. A spokesperson for Biden, 78, didn't respond to Lapo's specific allegation, but gave the current the same statement that Biden released after Flores' allegation. I have offered countless handshakes, hugs, expressions of affection, support, and comfort. And not once, never, did I believe I acted inappropriately, Biden said. If it is suggested I did, I will listen respectfully, but it was never my intention. Folks, I got to tell you the truth. I think the gauntlet has opened. I think you are going to, I want to be clear. I did not say the gauntlet has opened in the same context of Harvey Weinstein with all these women coming out or a uh, Bill Cosby or others where there were multiple women accusing. This, what, what, what is being described right now is just inappropriate touching and kissing and, and those kind of things. It's not what I would consider assault. But I think you're going to hear a lot more. I mean... 
Lucy Flores came out Friday. This woman's coming out Monday. And the point is, the key thing that this woman said, let me get her name again, Amy Lapos. The key, key thing she said, I never filed a complaint, to be honest, because he was the vice president. So when you have people on The View saying, well, what is she coming out five years later? Or, you know, another woman said that. Why is she coming out five years later? Because a lot of people would be intimidated to come out against the, at the, uh, the vice president of the United States. He was the vice president in both of these instances. So it's not unreasonable that a woman would kind of be nervous or intimidated to come out against the sitting vice president. But like I said, now that Lucy Flores has come out, other women that experience inappropriate touching might come out too. Let me tell you something. You know who I rub noses with? My nephew. My mother used to rub noses with me. I don't rub noses with random women I don't know. That's crazy. So I don't have anything else to report because it's just one story. We'll see if the media picks it up. But I'm telling you, folks, this is the gauntlet. You are not going to see. This is not going to stop with Lucy Flores and uh, Amy Lapos. I think you're going to have a lot more people coming out. And again, just my political instincts. I wouldn't be surprised if you actually have people that were former politicians that dealt with Joe Biden or current. I mean, this is not, this is a not so, just look at the photos that are out there. So we'll see. And we'll see if we keep hearing, you know, morning, morning Mika and Whoopi Goldberg, uh, you know, and Jake Tapper, you know, basically protecting the president, uh, the vice president, because they certainly would not. Can you imagine if a woman came out saying Bernie Sanders got in my face and was playing noses with me. They'd be calling for him not only to step away from the race, race they'd be calling to resign from the Senate. Uh, I wanted to take a couple minutes before we get to the next topic um, to point out that, you know, I started um, this channel, which is about to, let's see what we're at now. We're on the door of 33,000 subscribers. So I started this channel uh, in March of 20. Uh, actually, last week of February, so we'll round it to March. March of 2018, uh, it was not as status quo as, as Jordan Chariton. I think I called it Jordan Chariton Reports. And we started essentially from just about nowhere. I think this was a channel that I had just kind of lying around for many years. I never uploaded videos or anything like that. And pretty quickly, uh, we started growing. And obviously, I had just been... Uh, Months prior to that, I had been let go from the Young Turks. There were some things out there about me. And uh, it was not easy getting back into the media game. It's not easy to get back in the media game, uh, just period, uh, starting from scratch. But when you have things out there about yourself that are uh, damaging, uh, especially when they're not true, uh, it's tough. And, you know, I just did what I know to do. And I just did what feels somewhat natural to me. And that was just do videos on stuff that very few were covering or to do videos on stuff that are, are being covered, but to do it in a different way. And in a year, uh, and that's why I'm bringing this up, because we've basically hit the one-year mark. I think, we, I think I came back uh, uh, somewhere in March, so we'll just chalk it up to one year now. Um, we're at 33,000 subscribers, as I just showed you. We're about to hit that. We've raised $51,000 on GoFundMe, and that's in six months, not a year. We launched our GoFundMe in September of last year, $51,000 from 1,038 people. And to be clear, we didn't have any special interest donate to us in this campaign. We haven't had a celebrity donate to us in this campaign. Uh, the, the biggest donation we got was, was a kind, kind viewer, $5,000, who wants to remain anonymous. But speaking with him, you know, he is not, uh, this person was not uh, some plutocrat. So this is, this is as grassroots as it gets. Uh, we're, we're on the door. We're knocking on the door of 600, 600 paid members. Uh, and when I say members, I, you know, Patreon, which we still have our Patreon going, which we have 300 something there. And uh, our website, our website, uh, which is what we're encouraging people to sign up as, as members on our website rather than Patreon. Uh, we're almost at 600 paid subscribers, um, which is amazing. It's, it's not easy to get working people to, to, to feel something for what you're doing, to connect with what you're doing, 
that they'll pay anything per month. You know, people's, you, resources are limited. Even those of you not struggling, I mean, it, it's all the things you're paying for, whether it be the car bill, the rent, the electricity, uh, daycare, groceries, medicine, all the, all the ex- extraneous bills that just pop up. It's not easy to get people to believe in you. When I say you, I'm not talking about me because it's Jen, it's Ty, it's Colin. Uh, we've gotten other help along the way, uh, not full-time, but people helping us here and there. Uh, you believe in us. And the fact that even with, I mean, I'm talking like suppression to the levels that I don't know many channels that are dealing with the suppression that we have dealt with. It's not to say others aren't dealing with it, but honestly, in a non-suppressed environment where, you know, everyone that presses notify me when videos are up, notify me when, when they're live, everybody was getting those. In a non-suppressed environment where if you're a subscriber, you see Status Quo's videos once we publish them in your feed in a non-suppressed environment that if a video does super, super well, it could show up recommended uh, in non-subscriber feeds. None of that stuff has regularly happened for us. None of it. I mean, we've been out in the field. Chicago comes to mind and other places where literally, I don't even think half the audience knew we were out in the field. To this day, to this day, there is a huge, huge percentage of people that watched me at Young Turks that do not know I'm back. And I know that because, for example, when the Russiagate thing happened and the Mueller report came out, um, or it didn't come out, but the synopsis of it came out, I I tweeted something. For whatever reason, it it did really well. I think it almost had 2,000 retweets. And I kept seeing on the comments under the tweet, oh, Jordan, I didn't even know you're back. And I had to keep replying, oh, you know, join us, statusquo.com slash join. After I went on Jimmy Dore's channel, uh, thankfully, Jimmy has had uh, me on a few times, and and he's come on. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, All of a sudden, you start seeing like 2,000, 3,000 new subscribers in a week. And you keep seeing the the same comments like, oh, Jordan, you're back, you're back. And obviously, they don't realize it's more than Jordan. It's Jen and Ty, whatever. But I'm just really thankful. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. It is extremely frustrating that you have 33,000 subscribers, but... The majority of those subscribers don't get your videos when you post them, don't see you when you're live. In this case, I re- I'm recording this, uh, but when we were live, they don't see it. It's extremely frustrated. I wish I had the answers for how to get around it. I know Jen is frustrated by it. Um, I think that if we weren't being suppressed, to tell you the truth, I think we would have been at 100,000 subscribers in a year. I do. I mean, we were, we were at 6,000 subscribers in two weeks. In two weeks. And then all of a sudden, I did a video critical of YouTube, and all of a sudden, subscribers fell off a cliff and views fell off a cliff after I did that video. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do look at data. After we did a video criticizing YouTube because they denied our ability to purchase ads, all of a sudden, and, it, and it's been kind of suppressed ever since. So I'm bringing this all up um, to say thank you and also to say you know, right now we're in an area and a time when you're getting email after email and tweet after e- tweet after tweet, uh, whether it be from Bernie or Tulsi or Warren and obviously the others, you know, life, life and your future depends on giving us, you know, $5 and we got to meet our deadlines and this and that. Listen, I don't want to compete. I'm not going to try to compete with Bernie Sanders for sure or Tulsi Gabbard. Um, we're not a political campaign and we're not politicians. We are... We're an independent revolution. And when I say media revolution, I'm not talking about bumper stickers, folks. And I'm not talking about screwing around. I'm talking about I'm not doing this for any other reason than I want to change the systematic corruption of the media by overtaking the corporate media. And to tell you the truth, obviously I left the Young Turks under different circumstances, but I don't know if I would have been there much longer anyway because... uh, Really, my vision for for what media has to be, my vision for the type of stories that need to be covered, my vision for uh, going out there in the field and doing it, uh, was was not completely aligned uh, anymore uh, towards the end with with what the Young Turks wanted to do. I'm not bashing them, but they just, they weren't the place really to do that. So 
what I'm asking you um, is very simple. If you believe that things could change only when the majority realizes how bad they are, become a status quo member. That's statusquo.com slash join. Yes, you're going to get bonus content. Yes, our documentary that's going to be released on April 23rd, so 23 days from now. You're going to get it first before the public, and you're going to get it free. Um, yes, you know, a- as we build, there's going to be more member content, only for members. But I think it's beyond just what, what we could provide for you. You know, marketing, Jen always says, it's not what the, you know, it's always, what are they getting out of it? I don't want to I don't want to BS you and say we're going to publish amazing content only for members 24/7. We're only three people. I think what you're getting out of it is will. I think what you're getting out of it by being a member is actually supporting people that do what they say. There's a lot of corporate and non-corporate outlets out there that are asking you to pay $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month, $20 a month. And with that, they're telling you they're they're progressive and they're warriors and they're this and they're that. And really what you're getting out of it in some cases is written pieces that are essentially what everyone else is writing. Um, in other cases, like kind of, you know, cool behind the scenes videos about like their, exper- their first time experience on mushrooms or whatever. I'm not here to bash certain outlets. I don't want to get into that. I think what you're getting if you decide to support us when I say us, I'm talking us, because this is bigger than me, and it has to be bigger than me. And when we get the funding, it's going to be bigger than me. We want to get Jen out there more. Uh, Ty, uh, I, I'd love to get more uh, on the camera. We want to hire other reporters. I think what you're getting is an outlet and a, and a group of people and, and a revolution that we're not here only to go viral. We're not here just to get clicks. We're not here just to have fun. We're here to hold people accountable, and we are here to pop the bubble. And that bubble is an alternative reality that's been painted by CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post, The Associated Press, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast, The Atlantic, HuffPost. Frankly, at this point, I grouped the Young Turks in there. That tells you the, the biggest alarm bell and the biggest threat to your very existence is Donald Trump. I'm here to tell you, Donald Trump is a threat, but there's a reason Donald Trump is a threat. There's a reason he's in the White House. It's because our country has been sold to the highest bidder. And that is why the people in the Midwest that elected Donald Trump elected him. Not just because there's racist people out there. Yes, racism played a part, but I was there covering it. So that's why I could tell you because I was there, I interviewed Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of Trump supporters in a year. It wasn't only racism. It wasn't only sexism. It was economic anger, desperation. And what I believe, what I believe is if we get out there and we cover things that no one else is covering, if we get out there and to us, to me, the most important thing is not getting an interview with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'd love one, but that's not going to make or break status quo. The most important thing is not getting an interview with Bernie Sanders. I would love an interview with Bernie Sanders, but that's not going to make or break status quo in the long term. There are outlets that cover things in a way to keep access in the extreme corporate media and sometimes subtly independent media. We're not about access. To me, the most important thing How many times are we out in the field interviewing people, actual people? How many times are we interviewing actual people that are starting grassroots campaigns? How many times are we interviewing single mothers in a Walmart parking lot, which I did while I was at the Young Turks? How many times are we in places like Flint and East Chicago or Virginia while while a mother and her daughter are protesting atop a tree, doing a sit-in atop a tree for 30 days? to stop their tree from getting cut down so a pipeline could go through their home. That's how we're going to build, and I believe that's how we're going to grow a following. Yes, YouTube's going to try to stop us. They are. Same thing with Facebook, same thing with Twitter. You get the point. So, really, ultimately, what it comes down to, how bad do you want what I'm describing? 
to happen. Because it can't happen just on its own. And it's going to take a lot. It's going to take your financial support. It's going to take your sharing and social media support. It's going to take your word of mouth support. That means people in your life telling them if they're into politics, telling them about this. If they're not, telling them about it anyway. Because you might not be into politics, but you might be into clean water. You might be into, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter. You might be into police brutality. You might, you know, maybe Bernie versus Trump or, or who's up and who's down isn't your thing. Or me exposing polls, which I'm about to do, isn't your thing. But maybe clean water is. Uh, maybe pipelines are. So I'm telling you what we've achieved and thanking you for that. But I'm asking you, if you've been on the fence about supporting us monthly, I want to tell you something. And I say this humbly. I know what I'm doing. And Jen knows what she's doing. And Ty knows what she's doing. If we have the support, if we have the funding necessary, we are going to make stuff happen. And I say stuff because we're getting demonetized every time I curse. I'd like to say something else. So I hope if you've been on the fence, I hope if you have $5 a month, obviously we welcome higher amounts, $10 a month, $20 a month. We, ha we have all levels for you. You get a little bit more at each level. I hope that you realize that if you want to wake more people up, if you want to hold people accountable, it takes more than me on camera. It takes equipment. It takes a travel budget. It takes a marketing budget. It takes an advertising budget. It takes a legal budget because we are going to probably have people that want to sue us for holding them accountable. I really hope as we hit one year, you look at the numbers, 33,000 subscribers, $51,000 raised. We, we broke a massive story in Flint and I don't want to get into details, but that story and, and what we broke is not over. We're releasing our first documentary this month. We've done this all without much of any funding other than from you. We don't have a, a big plutocrat investing. Uh, we're not taking money from some, some corpor evil corporation. We have not taken any easy outs. Uh, we're not taking any shortcuts. So I hope you celebrate with us. The reason I'm doing a short segment now instead of a whole one-year party is, frankly, I can't go live because YouTube banned us. And I don't want to do a one-year anniversary bash without the ability to talk to you in the live chat and all those fun things. So when we're back, it will be belated, but we'll do something to commemorate all our progress and update. But I thank the early subscribers. I, sub I, I thank all subscribers and I, uh, on YouTube as well as members. But I thank those who, who are in from the beginning. Because when this explodes, and it will, you guys helped put the first, you know, whatever you call it, mount the first bricks. So thank you. Statusku.com slash join. Spread the word. You know, I have been reporting on questionable polls, questionable polls the last few weeks because you got CNN polls saying Joe Biden is up by 10 points. Now a recent Quinnipiac poll came out. Joe Biden's up, I think he was up even more than 10 points. And all the polls say Joe Biden is up, but they never describe the actual number of people they are polling aged 18 to 29, if you're talking the immediate, uh, the most young demographic, age 18 to 34, which would be the millennial age, age 35 to 50, or 35 to 49, which not millennials, but still in, in the younger trend, and age uh, over 50. And there's a lot of older people in America that support Bernie Sanders, a lot of older people in America that support Tulsi Gabbard, but keeping it real, there's more older people in America that support more establishment, frankly, right-wing Democrats. So I've looked at these polls and they don't give any information. And I've done video after video on this, Quinnipiac, CNN, they don't give any information. How many, po how many people are they polling? How many people in my age group? So I'm 32. So how many people age 18 to 29 are they polling or, or uh, 30 to 45? No idea. But a CNN poll that I recently did a video on, uh, when they had 18 to 34, it said NA, which meant they didn't sample enough people for it to be an actual usable statistic. So 
there is evidence that all of these polls and, and what the media does is the polls come out in the morning, they post the poll, and that drives the news cycle. And it creates a narrative. Joe Biden, he's the front runner. Just like the media did this in 2016 by showing superdelegates on the screen or in the pages of the New York Times and grouping those with pledge delegates. It's to give off an impression that the race is already over. And it's called manufacturing consent, or in this case, manufacturing the results. Because the hope is, if you could drill this in, you know, Biden, poll after poll after poll, he's up double digits and hasn't even announced, maybe it will kind of deter people, not only from coming out for Bernie Sanders, but Kamala, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Tulsi Gabbard, whatever. So this is obviously a disservice. And the polling institutes should tell the people uh, in, in their poll results, well, how many people, can you give me the numbers of people you've polled that are younger? Because obviously Bernie Sanders has a huge, huge advantage with younger younger uh, voters than he, do, than he does older voters. That's just fact. So I've reached out to Quinnipiac. I've reached out to CNN. I've reached out to Emerson with the same question. Do you mind providing uh, your methodology and how many individuals you polled uh, age 18 to 29 or age 18 to 34 or age 35 to 49 and over 50? In fairness, reached out to Quinnipiac on Friday. Haven't heard back. Followed up with them this morning. Reached out to CNN today. Haven't heard back. Reached out to Emerson today. Haven't heard back. So, not not really holding, not really holding my breath. But I have reached out, and I don't really expect them to respond because I think the answer is pretty evident. They're not polling. They are oversampling older people and undersampling young people. So of course, if you're not sampling a whole lot of young people, Bernie Sanders will do worse. Well, at least. Even though, uh, to my knowledge, they still don't give how many young people they polled, at least there's now polls coming out showing you exactly my point. Sanders leads poll of young Democrats by double digits. This is a poll today. Bernie Sanders holds a double-digit lead among young voters in the 2020 Democratic presidential primary, according to a poll released Monday. 31% of likely voters between 18 and 29 years old, surveyed by Harvard University's Institute of Politics, said they prefer the Vermont lawmaker in a hypothetical primary. Former Vice President Joe Biden was the first pick of 20% of respondents. Former Vice President Joe Biden was the first pick of 20% of respondents, while former Congressman Beto O'Rourke received 10%. No other candidate received more than 5%. Ouch, Kamala Harris. Ouch, Elizabeth Warren. Gotta be real. Ouch, Tulsi Gabbard. The youth vote has plenty of time to shift, though. Yeah, they're totally going to shift away from Bernie. As 20% of the likely voters said they remain undecided. Proving that young voters see more than age, it's notable that the candidates with the most expertise, experience in government service are leading a diverse field at this early stage in the process. John De La Volpe, director of polling for the Institute of Politics, said in a statement. Compared to this point in the last election cycle, uh, in the last presidential cycle, young Democratic voters are more engaged and likely to have an even greater impact. So there's things that are true about what they just said and things that are not true. So, uh, yeah, young voters, I mean, Bernie woke up a hell of a lot of young voters. And every four years, there's millions more that are 18, specifically millions of more, uh, you know, 18-year-olds who are black, 18-year-olds who are Latino, 18-year-olds who are indigenous, 18-year-olds who are LGBT, 18-year-olds who are handicapped, and on and on we go. The thing is, you know, when you have polls specifically looking at younger people, 31%. Bernie Sanders to 20% Joe Biden. Well, look at the polls, the overall polls that are polling just everyone showing Joe Biden up for 10, by 10 points. Well, if Bernie Sanders is leading him in this poll by 11 points among age 18 to 29, wouldn't you think that if they're sampling young people in a way that's at least equivalent to older people, that the gap would be much tighter to the point where it's too close to call or within the margin of error, if polls that look at young people have Bernie up by 11 points over Joe Biden, well, I would probably guess that if they're sampled 
properly and equally to older people in all these polls where they're saying Joe Biden is up by 10. Talking to UCNN, Quinnipiac, Emerson, uh, Morning Consult. It would be a lot closer. So I think this shows you even further. They're creating the narrative they want. And these pollsters probably think it's totally acceptable to oversimple older people and make it appear like, you know, this is just, this is who's up. This Joe Biden is leading. It's not acceptable because young, more young people are voting. More and more young people are voting. A lot of young people, more, way more young people voted in the 2018 midterms than normal in midterms. So it needs to be a priority to poll and survey a representative number of young people. And if as pollsters you're having a trouble getting young people, then don't do the poll. If you can't get young people to answer your poll, either figure it out or don't do the poll. Because it just makes young people and older people apathetic to politics and the media and pollsters because they're reporting nonsense. These are not accurate polls. And when you say that, you're, you know, you're attacked by the New York Tandon crowd and the Hillary crowd is like, oh, Bernie Sanders, you know, the, the Bernie bros now don't believe numbers. No, I don't believe numbers that literally are oversampling young people, uh, older people. And in CNN's case, 18 to 34, it says N.A., which means not enough people surveyed to affect essentially not, not enough people surveyed to even use it as a statistic. No, I don't believe those numbers. So I'm going to look at more polls. We'll see if Quinnipiac, CNN, Emerson uh, get back to me. But we're going to do a deep dive into these polls because you need to know and you need to tell others that are not in the know, that are just believing these polls, hook, line, and sinker, that they're being sold a bill of goods.